having mercy on this nation. But I pray, oh God, you'll just continue to deal with the hearts of men and women. I pray, oh God, for us to be a light in this world and soft in this earth. And I pray, God, what's been lost can surely be recovered. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In our text, uh, we see good times, and good times are always met, sometimes with difficult circumstances. It's good in that the Bible said under Elisha's ministry that the sons of the prophets were excited about what God was doing. They were excited to be serving the Lord, and the ministry was growing young men that was answering the call of God, so much so that wherever they were staying, being housed and being taught under Elisha, that they had grew to a place to where the building was too small for it. He said, this place is too straight for us. Let's go to the, the Jordan that's plentiful and in trees and let's cut down some trees and let's build a bigger building. And Elisha said, that's a good idea. Why don't you go do it? And he said, well, we'd like it if you'd go with us. And he said, I'll go with you. The Bible said that while one of the young men was there cutting down a tree, that his axe head flew off the handle into the water. And he ran to Elisha and he said, alas, master, I've lost the axe head and it was borrowed. He said, well, where did it fall in at? He showed him the place where it fell in. The Bible said he, Elisha took a branch, a living branch off a tree, cast it in the water, and the iron did swim. One of the most astounding miracles you'll ever read about in the Bible. A dead, inanimate object rose to the surface and swam to the shoreline and the man of God said, there it is, pick it up. Take it up to you, put it back on the axe handle and keep working. So uh, I want us to look at a, at a number of different things as we examine this miracle. Uh, one of the greatest <clears throat> things that I, I see in this story is uh, the miracle of recovery. Yeah. Is that God is a God that cares about things that have been lost. And it mattered to this young man that the axe head that he had borrowed was lost. And apparently it mattered to God that he recovered. And I want to I want to thank God today that I, I watched people cry. And I was one of them. Abortion has been the law of the land as far as a federal law since I've been alive. And to see the reversal of that in my lifetime was a big deal to me. In a world that seldom if ever has any good news to deliver on a national scale, I, I, was, I was just a little bit taken back in awe. I was a little bit... Uh, dumbfounded for words to say but all I could say was if there's one child Lord that would have been slaughtered 
that's going to be spared and they're going to get to live out their life and have an opportunity to experience the will of God for their life, then thank you. Thank you for a president past that had this very day in mind when he appointed judges to the Supreme Court that would uphold the real Constitution of the United States of America, where it should have always been an atrocity to murder a child. Should have always been that. And uh, I, I'm glad that in at least half the states in our country right now, it is again uh, illegal to, to murder the unborn. And since it's handed back to the states, I pray that in future elections that God would stir the hearts of the people to vote yeah. in, mm -hmm. to vote in state legislatures and governors that would make it illegal in every state yeah. to murder the unborn. I'm just trying to tell you, God is, is a God that cares about recovery. Right. He cares about recovery, recovering things that have been lost. Sharpness has always been in the Bible representative of effectiveness. The axe head is symbolic of our effectiveness for God right. in ministry. These were sons of the prophets. They were called to ministry and the Bible said as born again believers we have been made kings and priests uh, unto our God. And you and I have been called to minister. We're the light of the world. We're the salt to the earth. And uh, if we lose our effectiveness, which is what the axe head represented, uh, we're not much good for anything. You can beat on a tree all you want. You can go through the motions of ministry, and you can whack that uh, big tree trunk with, a, with an axe handle, all day and all night to your hands bleed from blisters, but the tree's not going to fall. You're going to have to have the axe head to be effective. And that axe head represents our effectiveness, and our effectiveness is God's anointing upon our life. How that God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That axe head represents the anointing. It represents Holy Ghost power in our life. And I want us to look at a, a number of things in this text. First, the, the loaning or the lending of the axe head in verse number five. Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Whatever gift, ability, strength, or endowment of power that you that we've been given is borrowed. It's been borrowed. It's not yours. You're not the source of strength, of power, of joy, of victory, of peace. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. If I read my Bible right, God gave unto every man at least one talent and to some several according to his own ability. And when he comes back, he will reckon with us for what has been given because what was given was his. And he expected those men to be stewards of what 
was given unto them. So it's borrowed. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, which is wisdom and wealth and ability and you name it. All have been borrowed. The gift we, we uh, should have came to value a little bit more, the gift of life. Life is a gift from God. We should value a little bit more the gift of liberty, which is freedom. We should value the gift of health and sanity. And even in a good Holy Ghost-filled church, you should value the gift of conviction yes, or desire. Amen. Listen, lending is conditional. When you're alone, something, it comes with a condition. All loans must be paid back. The gift of provision needed to be returned. He had a job for which he was responsible. He had a tool for which he was accountable. We have a job for which we are responsible. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel unto every creature. We're responsible for the Great Commission. But we have a tool that God has given us to fulfill the Great Commission. Tarry until you be endued with power. You just uh, make a trip to the tool shed and you check out uh, a good access. Anybody ever worked in a big plant where you had to go to the tool room? You had to check out equipment. Am I the only one? I seen Brother John back there, right? Several of us. Got to go to the tool room and check out equipment. Checked out under your name. Got to be checked back in. You're accountable for what was given you, the power that was given unto you. You're accountable for it at the, at the end of the day, but you've got to have it to do the job that you're required to do. And he has a tool now for which he is accountable. One day, we're going to all stand before God and the Bible said to give an account of how we used what we were given and afforded by God. You don't even understand what you've been given. Brother Stephen Cartwright and myself were talking while we were in Africa just in the hotel one morning eating breakfast. I told him, I said, it, isn't it amazing the, the blessings that we were afforded? He was, he was born and raised in England, but uh, you know it's a pretty prosperous nation as well, but not as much so as America. I said, but isn't it unbelievable the things that we were afforded just because God in his divine wisdom, chose for us to be born in, in, a, in a free or in a prosperous nation. You understand I was blessed with benefits that people on the other side of the world were not blessed with. Even in Africa, as impoverished as they are, uh, schooling is not free. For your child to go to, to school, they have to pay. Every school is like private school for them. They're, they're elementary, they're high school, the university, they pay. So 
It is an extreme blessing for kids that actually get to go to school in Africa, that are educated. It's an extreme blessing for them. It is a very rare privilege for a child to go on uh, if he gets to go through, you know, just elementary education to get to go on through high school and even more rarity for him to go to a university. We, we take that for granted in America. We really do. And the, the health care provider, we, we, we've almost instituted God right out of business in America because we don't need to be healed. We got a doctor that can fix everything that's wrong with us. <laughs> I've told you about even, you know, the convenience of, of eyewear and the reason that that stuck out to me is I was reading a book about Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, and he was such a man of God, such a man of faith, that literally depended on God for everything in a foreign land. Needing God, depending on God. He was given over to the word of God and prayer completely in his life, but in the later years of his life, in some of the last years of his life, in his biography, he was talking about his eyes were so, were so bad, like mine are. He was in a tent. And he was, he, he had talked about in the biography how many times throughout the duration of his Christian life he had read the Bible through from Genesis to Revelation. He said that was just his practice, just to, just to read it through and read it through and read it through. Rediscover and God give new revelations just to read it through and read it through. And he had talked about how many times he had read it through. And he said, but now his eyes were dim and he had a magnifying glass that somebody had, had given him. He would sit in that tent at night in the dark under a candlelight with a magnifying glass, struggling to make those letters big enough to see so that he could read the Word of God. And I, I thought to myself, Lord, if, if that was me and I didn't have glasses, he, the use of a magnifying glass. But I just have to stay on my knees until you restored my vision. Because this word of God's everything to us. That's right. This Bible is our axiom. It's everything to us. You're not going to win anybody if you don't know the word of God. If you never open your Bible, the word of God's not burning in you. If the word of God is not being lived out through your life so that you're a living epistle known and read of all men, you can hang it up. You're not going to ever win a soul to God because they don't see Christ in you. They only see you. So one day we're going to all stand before God and give an account of how we use what we were given and afforded by God. Those Men in Africa we were talking about, they don't have a laptop. They don't have an iPad. They don't even have a Strong's Concordance or a Bible dictionary or a Bible encyclopedia. No study helps. No resources. They've got their Bible. Most of them 
because of the way the education system is, very limited in their understanding, in, in their comprehension skills of when they read, of comprehending what they read. And when you preach to them, it's almost like you're giving them your comprehension. Yeah. They're sitting there astounded. They, they've got pen and paper and notebook and they're writing and taking notes the whole time. And I, I, I told Brother Cartwright, I am astounded that I've been blessed with every resource, with every provision. I didn't want to go to school. I was made to go to school, and it was free of charge. At least till we got into college anyway. It's just a given. You're going to be educated. You're going to be taught how to read, and you're going to be taught comprehensive reading skills to where you can comprehend and glean and understand what you read versus how it's written and so much was given to us that we take for granted, but the Bible said that was given by God. It was God's gift to you. And I told him, if I don't use the blessing that God afforded me to help other people who've not been afforded the same blessing, then I am going to stand accountable before God one day. If I had a Bible and wouldn't read it and thus never shared it, I will give an account of all the eternal riches of the Word of God. Somebody said, I don't understand the Bible. If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. Who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. God won't scold you for saying, teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, I don't understand. Explain it to me. Show it to me. If you ask God for wisdom, the Bible said he'll give it to you. That's the loaning of the axe head, the accountability that comes with it. And then second, we see the losing of the axe head. He lost it. It fell into the water. He lost it while he was working. But I need you to understand that Anytime we lose something, there is a degree of neglect on our part. To say that something is lost, the axe head didn't lose itself. It was lost by the one using it. Well, I couldn't help it. It flew off. When you're using an axe, I've used an axe. You're using an axe. You chop that thing down into that tree. You feel it sink down. There's a very distinct feeling when that head sinks down into that tree. Lift that axe head, which loosens it out of the wedge in that tree. Lift that axe head and pop it out of there. At a, at a certain point in an, in an axe's lifespan, that axe head at times is going to grow loose on the axe handle. And every man in the house uh, shook his head and said, Amen. Right. Because we all drove that axe head into the tree. And when we went to pull it out, we could feel the handle was loose inside the head. Oh, yeah. And if you want to just keep using that axe with a loose handle at a certain point in time, it is going to give way. 
The looseness uh, is telling you, I need attention. Something needs uh, to be fixed here before that that you're losing is lost. Therein is my accountability and my responsibility. It's very possible to lose the gift uh, or the gifts that God has given us. Liberties in our nation have been lost. That's why it was such a precious thing to see Roe overturn something that is recovered. Liberties can be lost. Gifts can be lost. Or at the very least, we can lose our sharpness or lose our effectiveness. The Bible said the Spirit of God can be grieved. The Bible says the Spirit of God can be quenched. It happened. Even as this man was diligent in his work, he was chopping wood, not a lazy man. He's doing what he was supposed to do. But when he felt that axe head loosening on the handle, he needed to take responsibility to make sure that the axe head wasn't lost. He's chopping wood, no doubt as a son of the prophet, he's working on a building. But in the midst of working, he loses his effectiveness. I want to tell you, prayer not only keeps you sharp, but prayer will search you. God in that prayer time will search your heart. And if there's something to loosen up, in your walk with God, if there's something that's growing slack in your life, God is going to deal with your heart. God is going to talk to you about it. God is going to convict you of it. And God wants it to be handled at the altar and in prayer. To neglect to pray is to let the axe head grow loose in your life. You take for granted the anointing if you want to, but you'll dread the day if you ever lose it. You can take for granted the power of the Holy Ghost if you want to, but if he ever is grieved out of that church and that church becomes dead and lifeless and void of the Spirit and the life of God, you'll dread the day you ever grieve the Holy Ghost. He lost all of his effectiveness. Do you know what ministry is that loses its effectiveness? It is activity without power. Oh, my God. Activity without power. Do you know how much activity goes on in the kingdom of God? Heaps upon heaps of activity. I mean, any church you go to, they'll find a job for you to do so quick, uh, it'll make your head spin. Yeah. I mean, we want you to come. We got a job for you. But God is never interested in activity without power. Come on. Movement without progress. He lost his power, his effectiveness, uh, while diligent uh, in his daily work. 
He lost his power while negligent on his daily watch. He was unaware that the axe head was loosening on the handle. That's on him, not the axe. He was blind to the fact that he was about to lose what was most precious to him. If you could rewind this moment in this boy's life, he would take you back to the first time that he sunk the axe head into the tree and lifted up and felt the, the handle wiggle on the axe head while he was pulling it out of the tree. Instead of alas, it was lost. He would say, alas, master, I need to take time to fix what's wrong. Or else uh, I'm going to lose uh, my effectiveness, uh, my sharpness, uh, my power, my anointing. I can't afford to lose it. Come on, Come on, preach. You imagine preaching without power? I can. You imagine singing and worship uh, without power? I can. Can you imagine churches uh, without power, without conviction? I can. He's blind to the fact he's about to lose what's most precious to him. Don't ask you, how long has it been since you examined your own heart? Is there any looseness in your life? Is there any slackness there? Have you slacked in your prayer life? Have you slacked in the, in the, in the study of God's word? Not only just to read it, but to study. I mean to, to lose yourself in it. You have to turn the TV off for a while in order to do that. I need you to know that. You have to disconnect from social media for a few hours at a time in order to do that. But do that you must. If you want to stay connected to God, you're going to have to disconnect from the world. Jesus said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Every spiritual fall and every sin and transgression begins right here with neglect, looseness, or slackness in our own devotional life. You better take time to fix that axe head. You better stop. Brother Clinton always said, talking to preachers, Nothing is lost. Forget about the motion and the mechanics of ministry. I got to go here. I got to go there. I got this. I got that. I got this outreach. I got hospital visitation. I got this and there. I got meetings to go preach. Nothing is lost when you stop and take the time to pray and seek God. If you're too busy to pray, and to study God's word. You've become too busy. Yes, sir. You'll try to fall every tree along the river bank. Uh, and you'll end up losing your accent. Samson lost his power. Because he neglected his vow. That is, he lost his devotion to God. It always works in that order. You never lose power without having first lose uh, your devotion. That's good. That's you good. neglect the looseness and the slackness. Oh, 
in your life until you've lost that which is most precious. But thanks be to God if something has been lost. God is a God of recovery. There wouldn't be much ministry, much need to have a church if when people had lost something they couldn't recover it. Because people are imperfect beings. A lot of times most of our knowledge and most of our wisdom comes from trial and error. That's why it means a little something to be gray-headed in this world. Kids, you do need to listen to your mom and dad. Your grandparents have attained wisdom. They've already tried what you're about to try. They failed in so many ways. They can teach you the ways that won't work. Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb, in, in, in trying to discover the, the filament in the bulb that could handle the current of electricity and give off light and not burn up or burn out, after 1,000 different particles, he tried everything. You can imagine. Every one of them would get hot, burn up, and burn out. Yeah. One of the men that worked with him, that partnered with him, said, how does it feel to have tried and failed 1,000 times? On his 1,000th attempt at finding the right element, how does it feel to have tried and failed 1,000 times? thousand times. He said, I've never failed. He said, what do you mean? We've went through 1,000 different, uh, you know, filaments trying to figure out what'll work and they've all failed. He said, I haven't failed, uh, not yet. Uh, he said, I've gained wisdom and knowledge. Uh, I can tell the man that comes behind me 1,000 different things uh, that won't work. That's wisdom. People are imperfect and they, a lot of time they gain wisdom and they gain understanding by trial and error. You know God can save you a lot of trial and error if you just listen to him. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the lie. Do you know his word is his instruction book? His word is his road map. You'll get lost if you just go it on your own. Sooner or later, you're going to have to revert to the map. You're going to try to fix something or try to put something together without any instructions, uh, you're going to put the wrong boat in the wrong hole. You're going to come up short in so many areas, just like I did. Uh, when was it? Day before yesterday. I'm changing the washer. Uh, the washer fluid pump on my truck. I took it to the Chevrolet dealership about a year ago I was getting my old chains, and I said, hey, why are you changing the old? The washer fluid won't spray on the windshield anymore. See what's wrong with that. I thought it might be a fuse. He said, no, fuse is good. He said, uh, 
the washer pump's gone out. He said, we can fix that. I said, well, how much will that be? This was a year ago before inflation went wild. He said, we'll fix that real quick for $800. I said, no, sir, I'll wait for it to rain. I don't need to spray my window that bad. Don't fix that. So just out of curiosity, just a few days ago, you know, before yesterday, it hadn't rained in a while. <laughs> I said, man, I need to fix this window, this washer pump. I looked online, $29.99 is what the part cost online. I watched a YouTube video. This is quick, this is easy, you can do it in 30 minutes. I watched. Man, I, I forget real quick. <laughs> I'll take it apart, and I should have took pictures before I took stuff apart, took bolts and everything out of a certain place. What was a 30-minute job was a three-hour job. Because after I got to a certain point of putting things back on, certain things didn't fit. I didn't put wrong bolts and wrong places and wrong brackets and wrong positions and it wouldn't fit. And I had to take it all apart all over again. I watched that video the second time real slow. I said, oh man, that's where I went wrong right there. I told Caleb, if you ever need to change a washer pump on a 2015 Silverado, I've spent enough time on it. I know how to do it. <laughs> But God can save us a lot of that That's right. if we'll just follow his instruction, right. follow his direction. He lost power while negligent on his watch, unaware that he's about to lose the handle that's most precious to him. But thank God for the day of recovery, yes, the locating of the axe head in verse 6. Mm -hmm. The man of God said, where fell it? He showed him the place. We know where we lost our effectiveness at. We know where we came off the tracks at. We know where it started in our life. We can point back to the places of neglect in our life. Where fell it? He showed him the place. He knew right where it went in. He cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Hey Amen. When we, when we examine this, you have to first examine the human aspect of the problem. Where it fell. Show me where you lost it. The place of departure is always going to be the place of recovery. You have to go back to where you lost it. God said to Jacob, go back to Bethel. Jacob said, Lord, my name stinks in all the land. My daughter has been raped by the men of Shechem, and my sons in retaliation have murdered all the men of Shechem. My daughter's been raped, but my sons are murderers, and my name stinks in the land. When I started, it was in pursuit of your blessing. 
It was in pursuit of the birthright. And your promise unto me is your seed is going to be blessed. My daughter's raped. My sons are murderers. Oh, God, where did I go wrong? And the Lord said, go back to Bethel. Get away from Shechem. Go back to where I anointed you. Go back to where you saw the heavens open. Angels of God ascending and descending. And you named that place Bethel, the house of God. For surely God was in this place. And I didn't know it. Go back to the place, the hour, the moment where you discerned God was real. Go back to the altar where you felt the touch and the power of God upon your life. Go back to a place in devotion that when God whispered, Whispered, you can hear him talking. Go back to a place in your life where the Bible was your joy. Those were days of victory, power. Most likely, you were experiencing revival. Hardest thing for any person to do, for human nature to do is explain why he or she lost their power and to point to the place where they lost it. If your life isn't one of power and effectiveness, God is saying to you this morning, take me to the place where you lost it. Show it to me. Show me where you lost your power, where you lost your anointing, where you lost your joy, where you lost your peace, where you lost your victory, where you lost your testimony. Take me there and show me. Ecclesiastes 3 and 15. I thought this was one of the most powerful verses I have read that goes right along with our, with our text. Ecclesiastes 3 and 15, it says, And God requireth that which is past. God. God will require of me that that is past. If you've ever known power, if you've ever known anointing, if you've ever walked in victory, you have to be like Jephthah of old, where he said to his, he made a vow unto God, God, if you'll hear me, God, if you'll answer me, when I get back home, the first thing that I see, the first things that my eyes uh, lay hold upon, I'll offer unto you as a sacrifice. And as soon as God answered his prayer, and as soon as he got back home, the first thing he seen, his daughter ran out the front door. His baby girl had missed him and ran, Daddy, I've missed you so much, and leaped into his arms. He said, baby girl, you have broken my heart because I've made a vow to God. He didn't offer like a burnt sacrifice, but he gave her away to God, service of the temple. She'd never know a man. She'd never bear children or give him grandchildren. He said, baby, I've opened my mouth and I can't go backwards. I vowed a vow to God and I gotta live by it. 
Don't tell me. 20 years ago, you've seen it this way and you lived this way, but now I'm living in a much more lax and a much looser church world and I don't see it that way anymore. Of course you don't, but God will require what you preached 20 years ago. You can't go back with God. You opened your mouth, live by it. That's when your children are growing up in the 21st century. You opened your mouth 20 years ago. It's going to be important to them that when you're gray-headed, God is still God. I am the God of Jacob. And I am the Lord. And I change not. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I am the life. And if you depart from me, you will lose it all, saith God. Neglect my word. And if you leave in your relationship with me, in ceasing to seek my face in prayer and in ceasing to be intimate with me at the altar. You will lose it all, saith the Lord. But I am a God who desires for you to recover what has been lost. And I call you this day as I have many times before to meet me in the place where you lost that that was precious. For I am a God that is plenteous in mercy. And I am a God that is willing and ready to forgive your trespasses. And to forgive your neglect and your slackness where I have been concerned, saith the Lord. Seek my face today. And you'll find that my mercy was new this day with the rising of the sun. Seek my face today in repentance, saith the Lord, and you will find that my power is from everlasting to everlasting. And that I am not slack concerning my promise. I'm a God that will pour out my spirit in these last days. I will show my power in the midst of my people. This is my promise. My promise is without expiration, saith the Lord. Seek me today while I may be found. Call upon me while I am yet near, saith the Lord. First John 1 and 9. We confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Last time I checked, all means everything. If we'll confess, we'll point, say right there, Lord, right here and right there is where I lost it. 
It's on me. If you'll forgive me, if you'll help me get it back, I'll be sure to take extra special care of what has been given unto me. Kirsten, if you'll help me, I'm, I'm closing. The application of such power. Elisha, knowing where it went in, the Bible said he didn't pick up a stick laying on the ground. And that's important. He cut down a stick. A living branch had to be cut down so that you can recover what's been lost. Isaiah 11 and 1, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. Jeremiah 23 and 5, behold the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and the king shall reign and prosper, shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Jeremiah 33 and 15, in those days, at that time, Will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David? He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Then in Zechariah 3 and 8, Behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. That stick, that branch, is Christ. And that living branch was cut down at Calvary. Jordan was a type of death. They baptized in Jordan. It was in Jordan where this axe head was lost and the living branch was cut down at Calvary. He was cast into that water of Jordan. He was cut down by death. He was cast in. Baptism as we're buried with him in death. We're raised with him in the newness of life. A baptism ain't holding somebody under and burying them in the sea. It's going down and coming back up. It's death and resurrection. It's lost and found. Lost and saved. Lost and recovered. The iron did swim. You imagine that? This dead, that this lifeless, that this inanimate, that is power and effectiveness lying dormant down at the bottom of the Jordan River thinking, man, I'm way gone. I'm lost. I am hopeless of ever being found, picked up, or used again. Do you know that today in most churches, Holy Ghost power, unction, wisdom, liberty, anointing, lies, dormant, God waiting for somebody to lift up holy hands and cry aloud, Oh God, I'm ready. On this day, that boy cried out, Master, the axe head, and it was barred. Take me where you lost it. Take me, show me the place. And he took him to that place, pointed to it, and he cut down the living branch and cast it in. I don't know what kind of branch. I'd say, the living branch ought to float. Ought to. 
I'll just float on top of the water and go downstream. The power of this living branch, I've come to seek. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. Christ has power over all sin. But my sin was placed on him. The grave couldn't hold him, but he died in my place. The branch should have floated because it was a living branch, but it sunk down through the mire. It waded down into the depths. On purpose, it sank down. On purpose, it was weighted down. That's a type of Christ being made sin. He sank down until it touched that accent. Oh, I can see that branch sinking down into the depths of that Jordan and just sinking down and touching that axe head. That axe head has always been beheld to the axe handle. It's always been inanimate and subject to the one swinging the axe handle. But at that moment, at that moment, the axe head came alive and it floated up. It defied the law of gravity. I mean, iron has to sink, don't it? It defied the law of gravity, came to the surface and started swimming like a fish right back to the shoreline. The law of sin and death says a man that sins must die. But I want to tell you, there's one who defied the law of sin and death. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. When I ought to sink, when I ought to be on my way to hell, life came to me. What was lost was recovered. Iron yeah. swim. What's lost don't have to be lost forever. It can be recovered through Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost. You're here this morning. You're interested in recovering what's been lost. I want you to meet me in this altar today. Come on, as many as will. Let's flood this altar. Let's lift our hands and lift our voice to God. Let's show him the place. Let's take him to the place. Oh, God. Hallelujah. You've got a son or a daughter that's lost. Take God to the place. Take them to the place where you felt like their lives came off the track. Oh, we can only go back there in memory. We can't actually go back in time, but we can go back there in our memory. We can repent of what's been lost or what's gone wrong and we can ask God let today be a day of recovery you understand the lives 50 million unborn children slaughtered in America by abortion but the cry Lord 